scab for the bosses don't listen to their lies as poor folks haven't got a chance lest we organize which side are you it's on? recording hello everyone uh this is remarks the podcast it's a podcast where we talk about leftism and other type things uh, a little behind the scenes, um, not a lot of people know this, but like you know, people assume that Phoebe and I like uh, talk before and after the podcast, and like we like text to schedule things, and that's mm-hmm. just simply not true. I actually go into my backyard and light the biggest fire you could possibly imagine. Yes, and then make smoke signals. Yes, and then Phoebe just like smells the smoke and then sees the signal and yeah. then comes over to my house and then. We just, we, that's how we podcast. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I know that it's you because you're burning um, like rubbers and toxic plastics. Oh, it's, yeah. No, like and a so bunch I of can, tires. Yeah, exactly. So I can like recognize the mm-hmm. smell above like other, you know, it's, it's yeah. cold out. People are probably having some backyard fires these days. And so, yeah, that's, that's how I know is just like the pure toxicity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that, that like the smell of like you know poisons going into our air that's taylor it's time to podcast (laughs) exactly yeah that's that's how i actually i indicate that we're ready for the next episode exactly yeah Yeah. so and then as soon as we shut off the mics it's silent we do not talk to each other aside from that we actually don't really like each other very much actually (laughs) it's we have yeah no it's 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 terrible really (laughs) just kidding everyone we're best friends obviously Uh, we love each other uh, um, my name is Taylor. I'm Phoebe. Also, I have to say, you look so fucking good today. Oh, thank you. That outfit is really cute. Thank you. Um, Taylor is wearing, I'll <laughs> describe it for our listeners. Taylor is wearing a button up, like, houndstooth. It's really small houndstooth print, um, like, kind of flannel. And then over that is, like, a blazer that is um, kind of a plaid print, mm-hmm. but it's, like, pastel. Yes, yes. And he's got, like, the sleeves of the houndstooth flannel mm-hmm. folded back over the blaze. He looks classy yeah. as fuck, lady, you, ladies, gentlemen, and <laughs> everyone. Folks beyond the binary. Folks beyond the binary. Thank um, you. I went, to, yeah. so if, for the for the Salt Lake residents, yeah. I went to this little cafe called the Old Cuss Cafe. It's actually pretty close to... I've heard uh, of it. It's downtown-ish. Okay. Um, Sugar house-ish, I guess. Sure. Um, and uh, I just went there to get coffee and breakfast, but uh, they had like a little vintage clothing store in there as well. Cute. And I found this little blazer thing there. It's fantastic. Yeah, no, lovely. Nice. We, <laughs> lo- we love thrifting and vintage Oh, for shit. sure. For sure. Um, also today, we are sponsored by, uh, what was it called? Birds on a Wire? Birds on a Wire. Birds on a Wire, a wine from Portugal that came mm. from my wine advent calendar that my... Um, Realtor, real estate agent gave to me. Very cool. So, yeah. I don't know the difference between a realtor and a real estate agent. Is there really I a difference or are they the same thing? I kind of always thought they were the same thing. I did too. But I don't know. I don't either. <laughs> and it's, I'm too far in now to like. Yeah, I'm too scared to ask. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Uh, we're having a little delayed Thanksgiving episode yes, today. Yes. Um, I think. You know, the two Thanksgivings that we've been doing the podcast, each time we have talked about Native American mm-hmm. um, issues and history and different things like that. Yeah. Just as a reminder that, you know, we live on stolen land. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, you know, this, I, I suppose what this holiday originally sort of the story mm-hmm. of this holiday, what it originally was, is told to you when you're in elementary school and everything obviously is not true and i think all of us know that but i think it's just important to like talk about indigenous people and what uh white americans have done to them yeah what a shit (laughs) actually not not americans well that's actually no that's americans too actually (laughs) white americans from from just always from every uh, just all the time just it's never stopped being bad (laughs) day one it was not good yeah yeah uh so yeah. yeah So we're going to be talking a little bit, and it's going to be sad. It will be, yes. But uh, I am talking about the Trail of Tears. Yeah, so that's a really, really rough one. Really rough one. Um, (laughs) I guess, yeah, I mean, it's an old event. I don't know. I mean, trigger warnings for just 
white people being shitty yeah. to natives. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, so around the early 1930s, it is estimated that about 125,000 native peoples lived in the areas of Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, and Florida. The natives living there had ancestors who had been cultivating the land for centuries. However, by the end of the decade, very few natives remained. The U.S. government, working on behalf of white settlers who wanted to grow crops on the land occupied by the natives, forced thousands of them to take the deadly journey known as the Trail of Tears. And this is something I feel like they do somewhat teach you a little bit about Mm -hmm. in uh, elementary school. But again, I felt we could all use a little refresher. Definitely. (laughs) And it's, you know, I think it's a bit sugar-coated. And it usually is. Like, I don't know. I don't remember really feeling the impact of it yeah. when I was in school, you know, of like, Which I understand wow. your children, but like, True. but still think the truth is uh, mm-hmm. important. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Especially to our youth. And, uh, you know, I think one of the things they kind of leave out is that like, it was very directly caused by like white people wanting to grow crops and get rich. Like it's right. very much because of capitalism. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's not something that they always, are the best about letting you know. Uh, So white people being white people decided that they didn't like how the Native Americans were running things and wanted to take the land that they had been cultivating and make it their own. Some early settlers, such as George Washington, believed that the way to, and heavy air quotes here, deal with the Indian problem was to civilize the natives, as they called it. Uh, This is obviously extremely fucked up because you're basically wanting to take away a culture and make them assimilate into mm-hmm. your white person bland ass culture right uh they wanted to Which also oh, like I, <laughs> like the culture it's just the it's funny the the idea of civilized versus non-civilized mm-hmm. because it's like what we were doing i mean first of all slavery uh mm-hmm. second of all so not very civilized second of all it's like we were still like shitting and like dumping our shit out of like windows and stuff and like you know not brushing our teeth and like doing crazy (laughs) things and native americans had like all of these amazing practices like already in place that you would argue are far more civilized than what we were doing yeah like those communities and tribes were like supporting like everybody in the tribe Mm -hmm. would like support each other like people were all fed and like yeah and again i mean just the way that they knew how to cultivate the land anyway you know it's just the word civilized is stupid it's a dumb word we know this but anyway (laughs) no you're right um They wanted to encourage them to convert to Christianity and adopt European capitalism, including land ownership, which, as we know, many Native tribes did not practice. Yes. So, and I think we've probably mentioned this before, but, of course, Native, a lot lot of Native American tribes believe you couldn't own the land. The land was a gift to everybody. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, very communistic, anarchistic in in nature, you know. Um. In the southeastern United States, many Choctaw, uh, Chickasaw, uh, Seminole, or is it Seminole? I'm not I feel sure. like I think I've heard Seminole, but Seminole. apologies if we're not yeah. saying that correctly. Creek and Cherokee people embraced these customs and became known as the Five Civilized Tribes. As time went on, the white settlers began to cover the land, or covet, I should say, the land more and more, and uh, more and more to make fortunes for themselves growing cotton. The settlers began carrying out violence such as stealing livestock, burning homes and towns down, and of course there were uh, many mass murders of indigenous people. They also began squatting on the land that was already occupied by the natives, um, so just kind of like moving in, setting up shop. Mm-hmm. And, and and recall at this time too, like there was treaties and agreements that were made for, yeah. between like the U.S. government and these native tribes, saying like, no, this is like your space, this is our space, like let's make a deal here and people were just blatantly ignoring those yeah (laughs) as as they tend to do Uh uh state governments also joined in on the native oppression by passing laws limiting the sovereignty of the natives as well as continuing to encroach on the land that was occupied by the tribes there was a court case in 1832 called the warchester versus georgia case where the supreme court actually found that the laws uh, of the states were wrong and that the natives were sovereign and the state could not force laws upon them. Um, so actually the Supreme Court settled in their favor. Yeah. In this case, uh, 
Of course, though, enter the true villain of our story, Andrew Jackson. <laughs> uh, Jackson made it clear that he did not intend on taking the Supreme Court ruling very seriously and had for many years at this point uh, been an advocate of the Indian Removal Act. Jackson, of course, had run multiple military campaigns in Georgia and Alabama against the Creeks and against the Seminole tribe in Florida. Uh, the result of these campaigns was hundreds of thousands of acres of land being taken over by the white settlers and thousands of death, uh, deaths of Native people. Mm-hmm. So Andrew Jackson, fuck that guy. Yeah, he's a huge piece <laughs> of he's shit. potentially the biggest piece of shit president we've ever yeah, had. Like, yeah, yeah blatantly a piece of like it's a tough contest but he really we've like, had a lot of piece of shit presidents yeah but. have we done a why you should hate no on Andrew? Ooh. we haven't that'd be a good one yeah ooh, ooh. i mean this is obviously one of the biggest reasons but uh yeah. that would still be good just because he's there's a lot a of shit fucking dick. yeah and that would maybe be a good maybe maybe the bonus episode after this episode we'll just go through some of the uh-huh. weird shit andrew jackson got up to stay tuned stay you little tuned bitches you little fucks <laughs> <laughs> the way i Sorry. was gonna say little fucks and i changed it to bitches <laughs> i compensate <laughs> yeah uh yes um so yeah andrew jackson not uh cool no actually very uncool bad person would say uh, in 1830, Jackson, as president, signed the Indian Removal Act, which allowed the government to exchange land in the cotton-rich east for land further to the west in the, uh, and again, air quotes here, Indian Colonization Zone, as it was called. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what the actual name Good for Lord, it was. dude. Oh, God. Yeah. No, that's I mean, what they called it. Say um, it how it is, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it was land recently gained in the Louisiana Purchase and would be modern-day Oklahoma. Uh, here's a quote about the Indian Removal Act from the History.com article I was reading. The law required the government to negotiate removal treaties fairly, voluntarily, and peacefully. Which is funny, and this is not the quote I ended there. Which is funny because the government is like the one who upholds the law, right? Yeah. And they're like... The law requires us to make this fair, and we're the ones that are going to check that we're make. We're going to make sure that we're following the law. Yeah, for sure. right. Yeah. I mean, it's like police when they have like internal investigations. Exactly. They're like, we're going to make sure that we didn't do anything bad. Yeah, Don't no. worry, guys. We checked everything out, and actually, it's we're perfect. Totally fine. Yeah, we're actually no. doing better than you thought. It's so. crazy. Yeah. No, you should give us more money. We need more <laughs> tanks, actually. <laughs> You're the one that's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're acting crazy right now. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> the fucking government and police are just gaslighting the public all the time. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's it's uh it's bad. Um back to the quote. It did not permit the president or anyone else to coerce native nations into giving up their ancestral lands. However, President Jackson and his government frequently ignored the letter of the law and forced Native Americans to vacate lands they had lived on for generations. Yeah. So, again, back to Andrew Jackson being a real cool guy. Mm-hmm. Big fan, actually. Solid, solid, solid man. Solid dude. Uh, winter 1831, the Choctaw became the first nation to be forcibly removed from their land under threat of invasion by the U.S. Army. They made the journey to the Indian Territory by foot, and according to one historian, bound in chains and marching double file. So that was the uh, the Trail of Tears. They, mm-hmm. they did that, and mm-hmm. and again, like there were some horses and you know different and like wagons and different things, but the majority of the people were walking the trail. Yeah. Again, we're talking from Georgia, Alabama, Florida, that area over to Oklahoma. Right. So quite a ways. Yeah. Uh, it was estimated that on this first trip here, around a thousand people died on the walk there. A Choctaw leader told an Alabama newspaper it was a trail of tears and death. Mm-hmm. That's where the uh, the name of it was coined. The process continued, and in 1836, the U.S. government drove the Creeks from their land. Uh, 3,500 Creeks died on the trip to the Indian colonization zone. So again, lots of I mean, and you just, I mean, as you can imagine, back in 1836, mm-hmm. walking across an entire country, right, would not bode well. Yeah. 
The Cherokee people were more divided on the best way to deal with the looming U.S. government and its shadow of death. Some felt that, yeah, some felt that staying and fighting was the best way to handle the issue, as uh, and others believed that trading the land for goods and concessions and leaving was the best option for survival. So it's kind of like these two camps. Uh, some people were like, "No, like this is our fucking land. Like we're gonna stay here," mm-hmm. and then other people uh, or other natives were like. They literally have just forced out like right. other tribes. Like they're gonna do it to us. We yeah. might as well try to negotiate and get some like goods and so that we don't all things. die. So we don't all fucking die on sure. this trip. Like, so, I mean, I guess you know, I understand both of yeah. the, the want for both of those things. Cause, yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. In uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, here's another quote here. In 1835, a few self-appointed representatives of the Cherokee Nation negotiated the Treaty of New Echota, which traded all Cherokee land east of the Mississippi, roughly 7 million acres, for $5 million million relocation assistance and compensation for lost property. To the federal government, the treaty signed in New, uh, New Echota, Georgia, was a done deal, but a majority of the Cherokee felt betrayed. Importantly, the negotiations did not represent the tribal government or anyone else. Most Cherokee people considered the Treaty of New Echota fraudulent, and the Cherokee National Council voted in 1836 to reject it. Mm-hmm. So I, it was like a couple of people from the camp that wanted to take, you know, get the concessions and go that like made mm-hmm. this treaty. But again, it wasn't like signed off by the entire tribal government or anything. Sure. But, of course, again, to the uh, U.S. government, we were like, all right, done deal. Let's, yeah. let's get you out of here. Yep, yep. And that was that. Um, I don't have a witty ad transition. So. Yeah, I think that that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> this seems like a bad time to yeah. make, like, what, to make, make a jokes. silly little joke. Yeah, so, no, no, yeah. Come on, Phoebe, get with the jokes. What's, uh, what's not funny about all this? <laughs> yeah. Why aren't you laughing? Yeah, no, this is hilarious content, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Well. But enjoy Anchor uh, Podcasts. Uh, <laughs> hey, folks, we are extremely back. Um, Yeah, if you were wondering why we didn't have an episode last week, it's mm. because... Uh, Mrs. Miss Phoebe, I said Miss Mrs. Phoebe. You're not married, Miss Phoebe. <laughs> uh, just purchased a home. I did. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I promised that I would use this um power for good. Yeah. <laughs> Meaning, uh, you know, for my for my people that know me personally. My doors are always open. I will actually literally be getting you all keys. So. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, like if you need a fucking place to crash, crash for free. If you need the mm-hmm. home cooked meal, I likely have one in my fridge that you can eat. For sure. And yeah, you know, and I, I want to I wanna figure out more ways to create positive impact with this. But yeah. I'm really excited about it. It's cool. It's nice to be, you know, it's it's like land ownership is weird as a person who's yeah. against it. Although there is a difference between private property and personal property. If you're a true anarchist, you know this. Of course. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I think that home ownership is a way to own something, to own how am I? Tra- how can I phrase this? It it's like, I don't know. It gets you out of this perpetual cycle of just giving your money mm-hmm. to to real landowners, you yeah, know, like to exactly. true landlords. This is like cool. I don't have to do that anymore, and I can like provide free housing to my exactly. friends that need it if they do. You know. Oh yeah, for sure. And yeah, there's definitely a difference. And also. Yeah. Again, when you're other are... shit, this is a really cool thing in my life. So everybody be nice to me. <laughs> when your other alternative is again like living in a in like a rent situation mm-hmm. where you're perpetually just giving money to right. someone else for free. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> like you just they don't do anything and you just give them money. Yeah. It's like yeah, and you know no, 
you know, there I know there's private landowners who are are private landlords that are fine, yes. fine people. But, Listen. Yeah. <laughs> to all the caveats, you know. Yes, yes. <laughs> but yes, it's very exciting. So yeah, uh, you know, I was busy with all that and d- we have been... Another huge just shout out to my beautiful friends and people in my life because we busted our fucking asses this yeah. weekend and we'll continue <laughs> to bust our asses over the weekends uh, doing many updates and things because this home is uh, very old and mm-hmm. it shows. Needs a little needs a little work. Needs, needs some a little zhuzhang. TLC, you know. <laughs> yeah. But. yeah, there's some, you know, pretty atrocious carpets in there. Yeah. I'm glad we got all those out. Yeah, it's pretty much done. So not everything, the carpet part. Yeah. But um, yeah, things are coming along. Anyway, moral of the story is that's why we've been very busy. And as always, many apologies for late episodes. Um, It's just the time of year, too. It is the time of year. It is. It is. Um, But, you know, we're always here for you. We're not going anywhere. Of course. So it's okay. It's fine. Relax, babe. (laughs) Anyway, it's all good, girl. It's all good. It's all good. All right. Back to the Let's story. Let's talk about this really sad thing. <laughs> uh, so moving forward here, by 1838, only about 2,000 Cherokees had relocated to the new land. So the president, or yeah, so the president, uh, Martin Van Buren, sent in General Winfield Scott and 7,000 soldiers to speed up the process of them relocating. The, doesn't sound good. No, no, I'm sure it wasn't. Uh, the men forced the natives out of their homes by bayonet point and looted their belongings. Because, uh, of course. And I'm sure there was a myriad of other crimes against humanity that were committed as well uh, that we'll never have record of. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Most usually definitely. when the military goes and forces people out of their homes, it's not a nice exchange. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... um. Starvation as well as disease ravished the Cherokee people along the Trail of Tears. It is estimated that 5,000 Cherokee people died while marching. Uh And I, you know, just a different, I'm sure a different time of year and different people handle different things. This was the largest group to move over as well. So there was more people who had, who passed away on the trail. By the end of the decade, tens of thousands of natives had been pushed off their land and thousands had perished due to the trail and the military or sorry, militant racism of the white settlers. Though the federal government told the native peoples that the new land would remain untouched by settlers as the uh, but as the greed of expansion pushed westward, the land promised to the natives shrunk year by year until in 1907, Oklahoma became a state. And the uh, Indian colonization zone, as it was called, was considered to be completely gone. In 2020, there was a court decision that in some areas of Oklahoma, uh, or that some areas of Oklahoma were still considered an Indian reservation. This left the state of Oklahoma from being able to prosecute crimes on this land, being that only the federal government and tribal law enforcement can do that on native land. Mm-hmm. Uh Here's another quote. The Trail of Tears, actually a network of different routes, is over 5,000 miles long and covers nine states. Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, Illinois, Kentucky, Missouri, North Carolina, Oklahoma, and Tennessee. Today, the Trail of Tears National Historic Trail is run by the National Park Service, and portions of it are accessible on foot, by horse, and by bicycle or car. So you can actually go and, you know, like walk part Mm. of the, the Trail of Tears. Um. As it was saying here, the Trail of Tears is 5,043 miles long, and over the course of 20 years, nearly 17 different tribes were brutalized and made to walk the trail. Many did not uh, make it, well, yeah, and many did not make it for the sake of white settlers being able to make fortunes, farming cotton and other crops on the, uh, on the free land once cared for by the native people. Remember this holiday season that America is fucking racist Uh and a capitalist piece of shit government that cares more about money than the lives of thousands of people and the entire entire culture of a people or multiple cultures of peoples that were here before us yeah and uh it's pretty fucked up it is (laughs) and yeah i mean it's just i don't know again i'm sure you probably like learned about it in school at least Mm -hmm. a little bit or like you know they mentioned it but right I feel like 
it's something that deserves more reflection than like a little square in a textbook. Exactly, you know? like, exactly. It's like, uh, by the way, <laughs> by the way, this we, horrible atrocity <laughs> happened. We pushed, you know, tens of thousands yeah. of people off of their land yeah. and made them relocate, and t- a ton of them died. Which, like, the entire idea mm-hmm. of reservations in and of itself is just so mm-hmm. fucking like ridiculous and offensive like it's like first of all we're gonna come in slaughter a bunch of your people uh colonize the land that you were literally like living there Mm -hmm. um and then force you to live on you know whatever certain parts of this land that mind you are like not fertile (laughs) because we took all the parts that were fertile so that we could like make money off of that and then, even then, still going to take more of that land that we agreed mm-hmm. to give you. And then on top of that, we're going to send, like, white Christian kids in to, like, do <laughs> shit fucking with yeah. with this to, to feel good about themselves or something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's... I feel like... And we I'm sure we talked about this last year as well. But, like, really, when you follow, like, the thread of everything that's happened to the Native peoples of this land... Mm-hmm. uh when you see some of the the problems and like the systemic suffering that happens at reservations, you're yeah. like, well, yeah, like they, we fuck, we've been fucking them over since day one. Exactly. Like, <laughs> exactly. And so how, yeah. It's very upsetting and also bad. Terrible. Very yeah. awful. Um, but yeah, that's uh, some trail of tears for you. Um, again, very sad. Something I think to, uh reflect on as you're you know eating i guess thanksgiving's over now but as you're uh in this kind of season of the year just being like wow this uh was kind of fucked up yeah definitely so i don't know um well (laughs) boy do i also have a bad sad story for you yeah (laughs) (laughs) um no surprises here. Of course, I'm talking about uh, the homeland, Salt Lake City, Utah. Well, ah. not Salt Lake City. I really more all of Utah. I see. Uh, but y'all know how I just have to mm-hmm. always speak on this place. It's a place. It's a place. Whoops, sorry. I just slapped Some say, the microphone. This is it the place. It is the place. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little Utah joke for the for y'all, y'all out there. <laughs> oh man. So the Mormon church has had a long and dark history with their treatment and views of indigenous people. Um, The Book of Mormon claims that in America, there were two tribes descended from Israelites, the Nephites, who were white skinned, pure, um, the good guys, basically the Mm -hmm. heroes of the story. And there were the Lamanites who were cursed with dark skin. They didn't believe in the word of God or the word of, um, uh, well, not Joseph Smith, but, um, Mm-hmm. The fucking who's the guy Moroni whatever oh, yeah. the the the, the Mormon dude of the time don't know but <laughs> yeah never really learned about that shit I, yeah um hi Tonk oh, Tonk's made an appearance she came over to say hi that's the sound of her jingle. very loud jingly caller <laughs> hi buddy um also she's doing really great everyone just so you oh, know yeah. the update because I did mention her cancer diagnosis and her mm-hmm. leg amputation. She's doing amazing. She's killing it. She's Tonks probably going to drink so some good. water and it's probably going to be loud in the background. Yep, there she goes. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Yeah. Anyway, um, so then we also had the Lamanites who were cursed with dark skin. They didn't believe in the word of God and whatever the fucking Mormon person was back in mm-hmm. that time. Um, and they are essentially the bad guys of the story. And, you know, they... They used the the story goes that the Lamanites used to have white skin, and then, um, when they turned their backs on God, they were cursed. Then they had their mm, dark skin. Some cash racism. Yeah, extremely horribly racist. Yeah. Uh, the Book of Mormon says that the Nephites and the Lamanites were constantly at war, battling for power for the of the Americas. Um, big surprise, who won that? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, these stories in the Book of Mormon were inspired by real events. The Mormon pioneers have had an extremely dark history with um, indigenous Americans. The Mormon pioneers made their way across America, being kicked out of each territory they attempted to settle in, mostly due to the fact that they were pedophiles and that Brigham Young was a huge douche. Yeah, and they were just and like they were just like saying f- 
batshit crazy things. Exactly. And people were like, yeah, can you fucking not, actually? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, I, yeah, I think people should have a place to, like, be. But also, I think it's worth noting that, like, these people were, um, you know, conning Terrible. people out of money. They mm-hmm. were literally, again, being pedophiles. So, really feel that bad for them it's like i don't know i mean i I guess i feel bad for like the wives and children yeah tagged along the way exactly (laughs) that's who i feel bad for yes so with no choice but to move west the mormons headed towards what would become utah the further west they traveled the less settled um or let's call it what it is colonized the land became and therefore the indigenous tribes living on that land hadn't been completely slaughtered yet (laughs) so they were still able to kind of be there yeah um, the Mormons took out huge portions of the tribal populations along their way, slaughtering people and moving to claim their land as their own. As the pioneers approached Utah, they came into contact with the Paiutes. Several resources say that the Mormons and the Paiutes worked together in certain situations. Other resources depict the struggles between the two groups. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that there was a likely some cooperation between the two groups in order to not completely eradicate each other. The Mormons had already lost a lot of people along their travels um, due to, like, whether it be people chasing them out of towns or just literally they were fucking walking with wagons and shit and they probably all had fucking dysentery. (laughs) Um, And, uh, you know, the Paiutes had already lost a lot of people to the Mormons themselves by the Mormons straight up fucking murdering them. Um, And so I think that, yeah, there was probably some kind of agreement between the two so that it was like, well, let's just try to be alive for a bit. Classic fucking, like, white settler move to, like, yes. be like, let's, like, have an agreement and, like, will deaths help you and you help us and, like, it'll be yeah, fine. It's gonna be and great. then, obviously, we know who came out on top in history. Exactly. Like. <laughs> yeah. Who owns yeah. this entire state? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the Mormon motivation for all of this was that Utah, this was their promised land. They were literally mm-hmm. told by, uh, you know, Joseph Smith, Brigham, well, by Brigham Young, really. That Utah was, this was promised to them. This was their land that they were supposed to have. And then, oh, there's people already living there. We're going to do what we have to do to get this land that's supposed to be ours. Anyway. Fucking Jericho situation going Mm -hmm, on. mm -hmm. So the Mormon pioneers finally settled in what is now Cedar City, uh, where I had the worst sandwich of my entire fucking life. (laughs) (laughs) So we were on, we were going to fucking Arizona and we stopped in the sandwich place. I don't remember what it was fucking called. I don't either. And we don't Cedar need to City. like bash them. So. Yeah, I don't want to like out, like I don't want to at them, but man, it was a bad sandwich. It was a bad fucking sandwich. And like I, and it was like, they were trying to be kind of fancy about it and it was just so bad. It was, it was just like terrible. an event center that like they what? put a sandwich shop in to for like, the sake of just like having something there yeah. when there was an event. Exactly. You know? Like that's how it felt. It was like yes. very phoned in. Yes. It was yeah, it was uh it was interesting. Bad sandwich. Anyway. Um <laughs> so the Mormons settled down in Cedar City. Um and then, you know, from there they kind of spread out their way to Salt Lake and all of that. Um Brigham Young was appointed governor of Utah and immediately the Mormons began clashing with the government. Young was governing by the rules of Mormonism, which at the time included at the worst polygamy and blood atonement. Mm. Um which I think I've talked a little bit about what this is and I'm sure some of you know, but basically blood atonement means that anybody who goes against the word of God, which Mormon God, um or anybody who spills secrets of the mormons mm-hmm. gets murdered damn yes um and you know at this time we had the idea of separation of church and state which we discussed in previous episodes for our astute Ooh. listeners here you'll know that that's actually not a real constitutional rule um there are certain protections that are yeah. like similar but that wording does not actually exist anyway just a fun Anti-disestablishmentarianism, little disestablishmentarianism. Yes, as they say. Um, but anyway, you know, we had this idea of the separation of church and state, and of course, Brigham Young on this land that he had finally settled and found a place for his people was not going to abide by the the laws of the United States. He was going yeah. to control everything by the laws of Mormonism. And it wasn't even like a cool not abiding by the laws. It was like a yeah making shittier laws. Yeah, like <laughs> everything was way worse and yeah. really 
bad for women and children specifically <laughs> oh it's good it's, it's fun great <laughs> i love living here um on top of this young and the other devout mormons had basically chased any non-believers out of the state due to again their strict rules and their violence toward non-members mm-hmm. um during a speech to congress federal judge john cradleball spoke uh, spoke out against the mormons which he is like a he was a big-time Mormon hater. It's Hell yeah. kind of hilarious. <laughs> it's funny. He said, quote, The mind of one man permeates the whole mass of the people and subjects to its unrelenting tyranny the souls and bodies of all. It reigns supreme in church and state, in morals, and even in the minutest domestic and social arrangements. Brigham's house is at once tabernacle, capital, and harem. And Brigham himself is king, priest, lawgiver, and chief polygamist. Damn, go off, mother. Mother, John. So, um, yeah, I mean, which kind of still describes this place. Yeah, I mean, pretty pretty <laughs> accurate for whatever the fuck the prophet, like whoever the fuck the prophet yeah. is, you know? Yeah. And I don't really follow the Mormons because they fucking hate them. Why would we? Yeah. Just really, get, like, I don't know. It, like, bo- bothers me. Makes so my I skin crawl. Try to block it all out. Uh-huh. But. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so the tensions between the federal government and the Mormons rose higher and higher, and stories that the government was coming to put an end to the Mormons began to trickle through the people of Cedar City. Um, this kind of rhetoric was used later as well with the FLDS leaders um, in like the 80s and everything, mm-hmm. uh, with the Rulon Jeffs and all that. Mm-hmm. They would say that the end of days was coming via government raids, um, and all faithful FLDS members would be killed. Um, this was like a huge... Yeah. Thing that they use to like control their people anyway, but it's just kind of interesting how it persisted from really the creation or like the the settling of Mormonism all the way to FLDS. Anyway, um so Brigham Young and the Mormons of Cedar City were on high alert at all times and people were starting to get agitated. And Brigham Young said in a speech to his people, quote, any president of the United States who lifts his finger against these people shall die an untimely death and go to hell. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, that's see, and that's like funny because it's like it says in the Bible, you're supposed to like obey the laws of your land. Right. Shit. I guess unless it's. But. I mean, I guess. I don't know. I guess there's the caveat of like if it's an unjust law. But, yeah. And I'm sure they would well, say that Well, and also, was, but... you know, they tend to hold the Book of Mormon over yeah. the Bible. So, and, you know, whatever the prophet is tend saying at the to time. Just, as most religious people do, kind of pick whatever the fuck they actually want to mm-hmm. believe out of it and mm-hmm. not do the rest of it, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Um, and so I have a quote to illustrate the um, the tensions between mormons specifically brigham young and the federal government at this time uh i have a quote from an article by professor douglas o linder quote in 19 sorry in 1857 conflict between the mormon leadership and utah and the federal government reached the boiling point Worried. (laughs) Worried that a federal army might be sent to the territory, the Mormon-dominated Utah legislature enacted legislation in January reactivating the territorial militia called the Nauvoo Legion. Federal officials in Utah complained of harassment and destruction of records by Mormon citizens. On April 15, 1857, a federal judge, the territorial surveyor, and the U.S. Marshal um, which all the fe- it says in here, all federal officials in Utah except one Indian agent had fled the state, convinced that they were about to be killed. President James Buchanan responded by ordering an army to Utah to quell what he called a rebellion. Buchanan's order alarmed Utah's Mormon population, who saw it as nothing less than a threat to the existence of their religion. Past persecution experienced by Mormons in the Midwest made the danger seem especially real. Church officials referred to federal officials in the U.S. Army as enemies, and Utahns readied for what many saw as a life-or-death struggle for their faith. Young embarked on an effort to rally Indian support for the Mormon cause, support that he saw as potentially critical in the battle to come. So, what's happening here is uh, the Mormons <laughs> have this militia, this army basically, called the Nauvoo Legion, which mm-hmm. it's giving, um, what is what is the Scientology one called? Oh, fuck. 
like the sea know. people or whatever fuck yeah, anyway like the the weird like navy they have <laughs> yeah um so they have their own militia which like it kind of makes sense at the time it's like yeah. kind of wild west I mean, times no but fucking anyway. shade on militias like i'm all about it yes but however not if they're not this one this one <laughs> <laughs> and so um the uh the federal government hears about this happening and they also hear about Mormons harassing other citizens living mm-hmm. in this area and the Mormons like destroying like federal mm-hmm. records and shit. Yeah. Um, and so they say, and then also uh, the Mormons have basically kicked out anybody in power. Who's not a Mormon that was in Utah at the time. And so the federal government is like, okay, we got to do something about this. James Buchanan says he's going to send an army over there. And so then the church starts preaching that the U.S. Army is their enemies. They're coming mm-hmm. to kill everyone. Like, the end of days is coming. This is, we are literally going to be killed over our faith kind of thing. Yeah. It's time to, you know. Fight, yeah. Exactly. Um, and so these tensions and this paranoia are what led to the tragic and brutal event on September 11th, known now as the Mountain Meadows Massacre. Which, also, it's just really funny when, like, dates like that kind of match Mm -hmm. up large dates in history. Anyway, it just kind of, I was like, Hmm. September 11th. Um, So a group of families emigrating from Arkansas to California was making their way toward the now Mormon territory of southern Utah, planning to pass through southern Utah on their way to California. Um, It's a very common thing at this time, kind of gold rushy type vibes, the... um, Hey, folks, get yourself some gold. <laughs> um, what was the fucking, the... Um, Oregon Trail? Yes, but not the Great Recession. The Great Depression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people were traveling over to California because things seemed more promising over there, which they kind of really weren't, but... Anywho. The Great California Gold Rush. Exactly. So this group of families is coming from Arkansas to California. They are going through southern Utah. And obviously this area is has been colonized by the Mormons at this point, And they are insanely territorial. Mm-hmm. Um, news of these traveler- travelers reached the Mormon settlers and chaos erupted. Because just two weeks prior to this group's exodus towards Utah... The beloved Mormon prophet Parley Pratt had been murdered in Arkansas. And so rumors spread throughout the community that this group had participated in the murder or pieces of this group. They had somehow been involved with this murder somehow. I see. Um, And so Brigham Brigham Young met with Paiute leaders and he warned, quote unquote, them of this incoming party, weaving stories to convince the Paiutes that these people were against them and that they wouldn't be kind quote 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 to them <laughs> as the mormons had yeah. um which obviously the mormons have been terrible to them but as we kind of said they yeah. had reached a bit of like an agreement with each other and so basically brigham young went to the paiutes and he said these people totally fucking hate you they're gonna slaughter you they suck you know yeah. whatever you guys need to like really watch out because this group from arkansas is gonna like fuck your shit up and so um As the group known as the Francher Party approached southern Utah, leaders in the Nauvoo Legion sent their interpreter, um, this man who, I guess, spoke the language of the Paiutes. I'm sure not great, but anyway. uh, Sent their interpreter to the Paiutes in order to, quote, stir them up, trying basically to convince them to do the Mormons' dirty work for them, telling them whatever stories they thought would convince the Paiutes to, to, quote, kill part or all of the Francher Party. Um, and I also don't have a cute ad transition yeah. because this is all it's just all sad, sad and bad. <laughs> Good. It's great. Yes. <laughs> Love <laughs> but it. But I figured we'll break before we get into uh, the most horrible-ish yeah, pieces of this. A little, a little breather before we get into the real sad the stuff. The gray. So you know what, listeners? Take a break. Yeah. Go into your backyard and burn a bunch of toxic yes. waste and yes. rubber. Like, you know, any um any like leftover plastic mm-hmm. that you just have from mm-hmm. I'm sure like styrofoam. Some yeah, styrofoam is a great yeah, one. That's a good one. Um yeah, you know, plastic that you probably had like your little pies and shit in. Mm-hmm. The best thing to do is just take that all into the outside air. 
And you don't even need to like make a fire pit or anything. Just throw it on your front lawn. Yeah. Kerosene. Strike a match. Throw it on the pile, and burn that toxic waste. Yeah. And. I and I so I don't you know I am uh, woke. You know, and yes. and we woke in the actual woke sense. mob liberal. Yeah, uh, and I'm not that. I I'm a truther, so I believe. Oh, right. I, I believe science is lying to you. They want you to think that that's bad for exactly. the environment. No, exactly. But that's actually good. The planet needs, like, like it's you know the air is too clean. No, exactly. Well, and the know? thing is, is like plastic is this modern invention, and all modern things are good, and so. Definitely. You know, by we're actually purifying the air by letting the the like natural oils of the plastic into the air. When that smoke comes out, a beautiful like yellow gray color, you know you're doing it right. Yeah, yeah. When it looks like when it like looks like it would hurt to breathe in. Yeah, that means that the planet loves it. That's the good. Yeah, that's that's the the good good stuff. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So don't listen to scientists. They're lying. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) <laughs> this is a good bit. I like uh, it. Oh <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, Hello. Damn. We are here. Back. It is back. Baby got back. Mhm. Um, Indeed. And uh yeah, yeah. No, I was uh so I just went to the bathroom and uh I was looking at my <laughs> fit. And I feel like I'm giving um I'm giving like heavy college professor. Yes. But like hip college professor, you know, mm-hmm. like college professor that like just became a college professor, like doesn't yeah. have tenure yet, you know? Exactly. No, that's, that's, that's exactly. what, I, that's you, what I'm you doing You give for. that a lot. Actually, thank you. I okay. would say. Yeah. <laughs> pseudo intellectual. <laughs> hey, there's nothing pseudo about it, my friend. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, let's. Talk about this bad thing some more. Getting into the the good, the good bad stuff. The good bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That juicy, juicy, <clears throat> terrible, succulent. Uh, bad stuff. Yes, crimes against <laughs> humanity. <laughs> Woo. So, on September sixth, the Mormons, disguised as Paiutes, and a few Paiute warriors themselves approached the Francher party. Shots were fired at the party, and they attempted to the party attempted to protect themselves. Um, they were also armed, and so they shot back. Um, and the next three days was a battle between the two sides. And the Paiutes, who had taken part in this, began to fall away, realizing that this was only senseless violence, and that all the stories that they had been told, and the cattle and uh, goods and things like that that they had been promised if they were to you know help with this was all a lie. And so leaders of the Nauvoo Legion constructed a plan to end the violence and to get rid of the Francher Party for good. So once again, disguised as Paiutes, the Mormons approached the Francher Party waving a white flag. The Mormons proposed that the Franchers turn over their weapons, cattle, and wagons in exchange uh, for the Mormons to let them peacefully leave the area. And tired from the day long, day, several days long siege and afraid to lose any more of their people, the Franchers accepted this compromise. The Mormons rounded up all the women and children into wagons and took them over the hill, and the men were then blocked by armed Navu militiamen and shot one by one by the Mormons, every single man in this party. Very cool. Yes. And, yeah, I mean, it's not surprising that the Mormons would do that, but, yeah. man, is it bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the women and children over the hill... Uh, were then taken out of the wagons and slaughtered, killing every single woman and child save for about 17 or 18 children who Nauvoo leaders believed were, quote, too young to tell tales. Uh, And I have another quote from... What? What? Oh, I believe this was from uh, that same article by... Sorry, what is his name really quick? Uh, Professor Douglas O. Linder um, about 
this experience. Quote, Nancy Huff, four years old at the time of the massacre, later remembered the horror. I saw my mother shot in the forehead and fall dead. The women and children screamed and clung together. Some of the women begged the assassins after they... Sorry. Some of the young women begged the assassins after they run out on us not to kill them, but they had no mercy on them, clubbing their guns and beating out their brains. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's very bad. That's fucking terrible. Uh, There was also a quote that said, I just want to find it because it's terrible. Oh, yes. Uh, There was another quote from, I don't know who, um, describing this that said that the killing went on amidst, quote, hideous demon-like yells. Oh, God. Yeah. Religion, baby. Mm-hmm. Love thy neighbor. Yes. <laughs> so by the end of this, the Mormons had killed 120 men, women, and children, leaving only members under seven years old to be dispersed and claimed by Mormon families. Um, and again, this was like 17 to 18 kids who were under yeah. seven. How does it? Did it say how many people were in the party to begin with? I think it was 140. Jeez, so 100 like- and. 120 people give or take getting murdered yeah they 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 did murder a, i mean 100 massacred give in, or take as yes. the name says it's it was indeed a yes. massacre yes um <clears throat> and so the scene was described by one of the mormons who was involved in this whole thing quote the bodies of men women and children had been stripped entirely naked making the scene of one of the most making the scene one of the most loathsome and ghastly that can be imagined uh, so when Brigham Young was informed of all that had been transpired at uh, Mountain Meadows, which come to find out later, he knew he was like yeah. a, an integral part of like planning this entire thing. So like this giving the was, orders, yeah, was this, this was not a secret or a surprise to him. Maybe parts of it, but he 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 knew. It's like when people argue that like Hitler didn't know what was going on. Right. It's like, it's like yeah, okay. he didn't know what was going on. All right. right. <laughs> Fucking dumb. Yes. So, but I guess you know, whenever he received the the full report, whatever, his biggest fear was uh of the already crumbling reputation of the Mormons, um that this would like ruin them even further, and of the massacre itself, he said, quote. I asked the Lord if it was all right for the deed to be done, to take away the vision of the deed from my mind, and the Lord did so, and I feel first rate. It is all right. The only fear I have is from traitors. Oh, God. So It was like, yeah, no, God said that it was chill yeah. that we did that. God so said it like, was like actually really no fine. No one should actually feel bad at all. Like, you're so good. It's crazy. Yeah, it's like, like you're, it's fine, it's dude. It's totally like, chill, yeah. No, we. it was totally justified to yeah. fake uh, surrender and then murder 120 people, including children. I know they didn't have like like any like the fucking uh, Geneva Convention shit back then, but that like that is like a war crime. Like you can't, f- yeah, like to fully. murder people yes. who are surrendering. Like in yes. modern war is like a war crime. Yes, absolutely. Yes, <laughs> That's it's a, very actually a war up crime thing to do. <laughs> Extremely. Yeah. Uh, the leaders in the church worked quickly worked quickly to create a story that would alleviate the Mormons of all responsibility in the massacre. And John Lee, who was a prominent member of the Nauvoo Legion, um, he was one of the people who had blocked the men in Mm -hmm. uh, so that they couldn't go save their women and children. Um, He had participated in the massacre himself. He wrote up a falsified report of the massacre claiming that it was the Paiutes who had carried out the murders by themselves. And that was prompted by the mistreatment that they had received from the Francher party. In Brigham Young's official, in Brigham Young's report to officials, he said, quote, um, and sorry, before I get into this, also, I just want to say, um, and this goes for Taylor as well, anytime that we're using the term Indians, it's quoting from of something. Um, yeah. And I know there's like bad, like discourse back and forth. Sure. Uh, I know there are some tribes who do prefer to go by like American Indians, mm-hmm, you know, like mm-hmm. is how they, they like will refer to themselves. Uh, we, you know, Native American is just kind of like a generalized term. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, usually when we say Indian, it's because the reports say that. I exactly. try to stick with like indigenous or native people. Totally. Same. Yeah. 
Um, anywho, so uh, Brigham Young's report to officials, he said, quote, Captain Francher and co. fell victims to the Indians' wrath near Mountain Meadows. Lamentable as the case truly is, it is the only natural consequences of the fatal policy which treats Indians like wolves or other ferocious beasts. So obviously here he is blaming everything on um, the Paiutes and saying that uh, they did this because, you know, Native Americans aren't regarded very highly which mm-hmm. it's like oh well yeah brigham you think anyway uh yeah so the only person who ever faced any consequences for this massacre uh was john lee um he went through a whole trial and everything and he ended up being the only person who ever served any sort of jail time for this oh, yeah i mean i don't insane know massacre. Like, what like I, I mean yeah i don't know like that's not surprising, no, I guess, because no. the Mormon, like, they controlled the area. Exactly. Basically. That's like, the thing. There's, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, and then, of course, you know, we could argue that the other people who did face consequences for this was the Paiutes, um, who shouldered the blame of this massacre for decades. The Mormon church attempted to cover this up for literally for decades and mm-hmm. never owned up to it until... Really about 2007 was when they came out and said what happened. Well, and even then they didn't really say. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so I'll end off with, uh, well, I'll about end off with a quote from an article from the Smithsonian um, about this. So, quote, on April 20th, 1961, a joint council was held with the First Presidency and the Council of Twelve Apostles of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. (laughs) Such a long name. name. After considering all facts available, the church authorized reinstatement to membership and former blessings to John D. Lee, who is the man who was the only one to face consequences for any of this. And so they're saying that they were reinstating him into the church and giving him blessings (laughs) as a member. Very that's, cool. That's good. Uh, the reinstatement puzzled many. No shit. But four decades uh-huh. later, the church claimed full responsibility for the incident that led to Lee's execution. At a memorial ceremony on September 11th, 2007, the sesquicentennial <laughs> sorry, everyone, uh, anniversary of the Mountain Meadows Massacre, LDS Apostle Henry B. Earing read the church's official statement to gatherers we express profound regret for the massacre carried out in this valley 150 years ago today and for the undue and untold suffering experienced by the victims and then by their relatives to the present time a separate expression of regret is owed to the paiute people who have unjustly borne for too long the principal blame of what occurred during the massacre although the extent of their involvement is disputed it is believed they would not have participated without the direction and stimulus provided by local church leaders and members i mean okay yeah that seems like they probably wouldn't have because you filled their heads with lies yeah, you literally said Hey. And just, oh, they're so fucking weaselly, dude. I know. Like, they're just a bunch of fucking weasels. Like, I even know. that whole statement being like, we so formally th- regret oh the God. we f- fucking murdered yeah. 120 people for no reason. Yeah. Like, and, and then attempted to cover that up and blame it on the indigenous people that we were busy slaughtering yeah. for decades. Yeah. And then we, like, kind of made peace with, and then we lied to them. To get them to help us yeah. kill these 120 people. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. It's just so fucked up. I know. I know. And I mean, you know, the the mistreatment of native Utah and well, obviously Utah is not even the real name of this fucking place, but um the mistreatment of the people who originally lived here by the Mormon church and by other people as well here, but mainly the Mormon church who settled here. Just, I mean, it goes on and on. It's like, this is, this is one example of like a large, extremely shitty thing that they did aside from also the murders of the Paiute and other tribes uh, themselves. And then then Um, it's like, then it's like, it's not like it ended there. Like the Mormon church is still, you've done multiple episodes on how they're still fucking atrocious. Yes. Yes. They have consistently been fucking dog shit the entire time they've existed (laughs) exactly they're fucking a terrible organization and to you know to native people specifically um and you know and i think it's also it's worth like stating that 
the reason why, or I guess one of the many reasons why it is that way is because their doctrine and the prophet at the time was telling people that these are accursed people. These are, you know, these people are cursed because they're going against God and therefore, you know, they don't deserve to have the land that they're on. They don't matter as much. So it's okay to slaughter millions of Mm -hmm. them. I mean, what was it like the 1970s that black people could even hold the priesthood? Yeah, in the LDS Church, it's I like, believe this so. was a persistent. Oh and yeah, is, I'm sure to and this continues day, to be. Yeah, yes. like an issue with this fucking yes, church. Like, yes, and so to end off here, um, just to really illustrate how long this has persisted, um, so in the original text of the Book of Mormon, it talks about, as I was stating earlier, the Nephites and the Lamanites. The Lamanites were mm-hmm. cursed with their dark skin. Well, it was also said that if the Lamanites then decided to join the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, mm-hmm. that they would like be purified and rectified through that and that they would become, quote, white and delightsome. Ah, good referring to their skin would turn back white back quote unquote mm-hmm. white if they decided to fucking become LDS. Very cool. And this um wording, this prophecy as they call it, did not change until the eighties when they changed the wording to pure and delightsome. Ah, very fun. <laughs> Which doesn't make it better. No. At no, all. Because it's <laughs> same yeah we like know what still, you meant yeah so um but yeah just to just to illustrate how far <sighs> this persists and obviously there's still shit going on but um there you go <laughs> yeah i mean it's definitely it exists and mormon people are still ex- not the organization yes, of mormonism yes. is still incredibly racist exactly and uh you know i think probably at this point less so towards native people uh yeah it's definitely but kind still, of shifted to yeah. black people, but but still, and, yeah. and and not even that, but I mean, just the idea of like the missionaries and their little white savior yeah, this, complex, yeah, you their know, like, their form of colonization mm-hmm. that they're doing now. It's very good, yes. very fun. Um, again, as I always do, I will suggest a TV show to watch, <laughs> uh, which is Under the Banner of Heaven. Um, there is a part in that that talks about the Mountain Meadow Massacre and just, like, the relationship between Mormons and Paiutes. One of the, like, main characters, and, and it's a true story, so one of the, like, main characters in it is a police detective who is Paiute, and he's talking with the guy who's also a police detective who's Mormon, who's, like, struggling with his faith because of all the shit that he's finding out about the Mormon church through this murder that happens. Anyway, but they tell the story of the Mountain Meadow Massacre, and they talk about the relationship between Paiutes and um, Mormons. And anyway, it's a good it's a good resource. It's an interesting show. Um, yeah, I've heard lots of good things about it's it. Great. I have also it's great. also not seen it because I'm terrible at watching oh, we know. television shows. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to start the OA soon with our little yeah. group of friends. So Which is I'll... a beautiful show about so many things. A lot of things, I'm yes. sure. But I am excited to, to do that. Yeah. But I have yeah, to have my friends you... hold me at gunpoint to make me watch TV shows. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you want something that can kind of help illustrate, like, just... Not, and not just with the Native people, but just general atrocities of the Mormon church uh, under the banner of heaven is a great one. Um, Grizzle. And I believe I also plugged the... Plugged. The um, Pray, Keep Sweet, and Obey. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is about the, the FLDS, FLDS church. church yeah. um, and not this so much. But anyway, just if you want some truths about Mormonism, there you go. Those are some resources. So trar. So the end. The end. Super sad now <laughs> very fun very good stuff always um, america great place yeah love it uh land of the free best country in the world really yeah um no problems <laughs> no problems yeah <laughs> clean record really truly um yeah but if you want to follow us on twitter it's at remarks pod uh, you can leave us a review on apple podcasts if you mm-hmm. like what you hear if you've gained any knowledge from our podcast knowledge knowledge <laughs> um please uh do that it of course helps us um yes 
get to more people and tell some of the stories that uh, you didn't learn in fucking school. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you can check out my personal music. It is Taylor Lacey on all the streaming services. If you'd like to listen to some songs that are about revolution and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Phoebe. Um, you can follow our Instagram and look at pictures pertaining to these episodes at Remarks Podcast. Um, if you feel like you want to follow our TikTok, that's extremely inactive. <laughs> um, I'm not young enough to know how to use TikTok. Uh, we need like a social media manager. <laughs> I really do. It's just they're it's hard to navigate. Anyway, not to like sound like the most boomer of people but anyway um you can also do that if you want it's at remarks podcast um sorry everyone uh you also should check out all of the other beautiful podcasts from our lovely people on circle pit radio network there's some awesome shit on there and they're great yeah um oh we have uh so one of our fellow or you know network cohorts i don't know sure uh wrecked is doing a live show in salt yes. lake city on uh december 11th december 11th uh at the beehive so if yes. you'd like to come and phoebe and i will be making an appearance mm-hmm. so you can definitely if you're in the area come to that which would be really cool yes um come hang out support our network uh pals mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um should be, be fun. funny yeah as taylor said we'll be making a little cameo taylor's gonna play some songs so yeah. yeah if you're in our local area come hang out and do that it'd be cool it'd be rad to to see you it would be it's their 100th episode live for wrecked podcast truly which is so exciting for them it is very exciting mm-hmm. can't Excuse wait me. to get to our 100th episode oh we're and do something there. crazy ourselves crazy shit honestly when we start having live shows y'all better be there oh finger guns, finger guns to the mic yeah because they're gonna be great me and taylor are gonna mm-hmm. plan the shit out of them and make them yeah it's yeah real real productions yes big productions <laughs> production uh, also a huge thank you to our patrons we have terry soltero we have andrew vass uh, Emily Doran and Justin Vass. Thank y'all boop, boop. so much. We love We're you. We're about to record a bonus episode for you right now. Absolutely. And um, that covers it. That's it. Hell yeah. Yay. Uh, well, um, I thought I had something cute and clever to say, but I don't. Bitches. Bitches. Go get some bitches, everyone. True. And remember to burn all that toxin. Yes. All those, burn all those that plastic get that into the air because if you don't we're gonna it's gonna be bad so as soon as you as soon as this episode ends get that plastic throw it on your front lawn nope don't put a ring around it no No, need to worry about that fire is good for the environment earth yeah and and like okay like everybody complains that it's cold and at least where we yeah. live. So it's like, okay, well, light some light fires. Your fucking house Burn on fire. Some plastic. It'll be warm. It'll be hella warm if you light your house on exactly. fire. Exactly. Like, I'm tired of hearing complaints, you know? True, yeah. Modern problems require modern solutions. Exactly. As Beautifully said. New secondary podcast character Eden said. Yes. <laughs> <once>. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we do. Have we even introduced? Have we even spoken about? I don't think so, yeah. Oh, mysterious side character Eden. Yeah. Hey. Hey. What's that? <laughs> Um. All right, folks. That's it. We're gonna leave now. Uh, <laughs> we've postulated enough. Um. Okay. Well, thanks for listening. I almost forgot to shut this down. Thanks for listening. And K, love, love you. Bye. bye.